Today on Movie Wallers, we talk about Polite Society, Joyland, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. This is Rashmi. And this is Yalu. <laughs> Yazdi. <laughs> movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news and general banter. Plenty of banter. Online, on TV, online streaming or in the back of an airplane. I can't get this right today. If you love the movies, this show because Yalu threw you. you off. He did, indeed. That was, <laughs> that was genuinely out there, Yazdi. <laughs> Oh boy, you can tell we've just recorded a podcast. No, it's because we've had too much sugar now. Yeah, yes, we've had a lot of sugar. Yeah, it's yeah. Yasti, no sugar for you. <laughs> yes. I mean, really. <laughs> I think my blood is like syrup right now. Uh, that would be all the snacks that we had at the beginning of the last podcast. So, um, yes, uh, we don't need alcohol. As, as no. Well. We're, we're really cheap dates. We are. Yeah. Packet of cookies. Sugar will do it. Yes. yes. And there yes. we go. All right, we do have a lot to talk about today, mm-hmm. so I suggest we, we put our serious faces on, our game mm-hmm. faces on, and get into podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with a couple of Netflix picks, or, or rather in our segment, I Can't, can't find, find Anything, anything to, watch to Watch on Video, on, video on, demand, on Demand, where we tell you what we've been watching or what we think you should watch. So I am going to recommend something quite topical, given what we're talking about. It has just been released on Amazon Prime, and it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Hmm? Bend It Like Beckham. Oh, yes. Excellent. And appropriate, given one of the movies we're going to talk about today. Exactly. So tell us about Bend It Like Beckham, Rashmi. Bend It Like Beckham, um, gosh, came out in the early 90s. I think it's just celebrating its like 25th anniversary. And it had a very young um, Kira Knightley and um, Jonathan Rhys Myers and Narinda Paminda. Paminda uh, Nagra. Yes. And um, all went on to have very good careers. And it is about a young Indian girl living in England who just wants to play football or soccer, as we call it in the US. Brilliant movie. Brilliant movie by the wonderful Gorinda Chadha. Yeah, we've seen this movie a thousand and eleven times. Yes, I I have worn out the DVD when we had it on uh, DVD. It's terrific stuff. Yeah. Uh, very heartwarming, but very... Just um, stunning. Stunning yeah. movie of its time. Where's it on? Amazon Prime. Terrific stuff. Yasti. You Lou. <laughs> so my recommendation is also tied into a movie that we are going to cover later today. We're going to be talking about uh, Pakistan's uh, submission to the Best Foreign Film Oscar. It was. It's the movie Joyland, which was shortlisted I think it it was shortlisted in the top 10 films. It unfortunately didn't make it to the top five. Another movie which was shortlisted in the top 10 best foreign films of last year, but did not make it to the top five, is this movie set in Iran called Holy Spider. Oh, you told us about this one, yes. At some level, it's just a miracle that this movie exists at all and that the filmmakers have not been prosecuted and buried somewhere deep under the ground because this movie is so uh, bold and so uh, bold is the only word which comes to me. Uh, It's based on a true story, which is that in the city of Mashhad in Iran, which is the holiest Islamic city in Iran, uh, in the late 90s, uh, a killer vowed to cleanse the streets from sin. And as a consequence of that, sex workers kept turning up dead. And a reporter from Tehran decided to investigate this. So uh, I say the first two thirds of the movie plays like a really juicy, tight, pulpy 70s serial killer movie where there is a serial killer out there and this woman is trying to kind of catch him and ensnare him. And you see, you know from the very beginning who that person is. And... um, 
you you know you 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 play this game like is he going to get caught this time is he going to get caught this time so it's very very well made and then in the last third of the movie it becomes political commentary uh in terms of what happens after a particular event happens and it's it's the it's that last third of the movie which is really angry and it speaks to fundamentalism and it speaks to patriarchy and it speaks to how you know women uh sometimes get left out of their own stories and so forth so it's really an amazing brusque visceral piece of filmmaking uh it has nudity in it which is so unusual for movies coming out of iran mm. uh, uh but just really worth checking out i'm so glad this movie is now on netflix it's called holy spider watch it it'll make you angry it'll make you think um uh it's quite something I'm going to download uh, yes. it right now. Yes. Holy spider. That sounds amazing. And your pick, Joe? Well, I'm going to do a sound effect first. Oh, good. Gudunk. That is the sound of my jaw hitting the floor when I look at the reviews of the movie that I was going to recommend to people. So uh, maybe I'm in a minority here, but I'm going to recommend the movie uh, You People on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, so good. Great it, movie. It, it was, it, the, the Rotten Tomatoes score here is 41%. So I'm feeling a little odd that I liked it as much as I we did. We all three did. Because uh, honestly, uh, this is one of those movies, it stars Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill being Jonah Hill, uh, we've got performances in here uh, from Lauren London, Eddie Murphy, Julia Louise Dreyfus, David Duchovny has a small role in here. Um, but this is, again, very short description here is a new couple and their families find themselves examining modern love and family dynamics amidst clashing cultures, societal expectations and generational differences in this comedy by Kenya Barris. And honestly, we watched it last year on the recommendation of a friend. Uh, we put it on one evening and we 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 loved, we laughed. We laughed we, loud. We, we connected. Um, the movie is a genuine and I think uh, heartfelt uh, and true to life exploration of a lot of cultural differences and norms and societal um, uh, conventions. Um, it talks about you know a mixed race. It, you know, its central premise is that we have a mixed race couple and they bring their families together to to kind of much hilarity. But there's there's some there's some there's a truth that belies all of the comedy in this movie, and it's a truth that you know people don't often talk about, and I think it's quite hard to talk about. So, um, you know, yes, you know, some of the jokes are you know purely played for laughs. You know, the Eddie Murphy father character is 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 you know is is cliche kind of you know but he's funny but it's 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 funny and there's a again there's a truth to the way that he behaves given um you know a, a black father worrying about his daughter um getting romantically involved with uh, a, a white guy um and i think that makes un makes people uncomfortable and i think it made the critics uncomfortable so you know boohoo to the critics um this movie I would, I thought was fun. You people on Netflix. Great choice. So, yes, do you have? I have Holy Spider. Rashmi. I have Bend It Like Beckham on Amazon Prime. And I have You People on Netflix. All right. Uh, we have three movies, Polite Society, Joyland, and Guardians. Are we going to go in that order? Yep. All right. Let's start then with Polite Society. Okay. So I have the intro to that. So Rhea Khan believes she must save her older sister, Lena, from her impending marriage. After enlisting her friend's help, she attempts to pull off the most ambitious of all wedding heists in the name of independence and sisterhood. So this is directed and written by Nida Manzur, and it stars Priya Kansara as the lead role, um, Ritu Arya, um, Renu Brindle, uh, Rekha John Cher, um, and a whole bunch of others. Um, so I would say, you know, people, uh, people kind of log line, bend it like Beckham meets everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> uh, Yazdi, what did you think of this movie? Um, yeah, stop stop listening and go watch the movie. It's uh one of my favorite movies of the year. Um I I can sing the praises of this movie till the cows come home, but let <laughs> let, let me just start by saying um 
it's my first time writer director she has made uh, uh, she's made previously uh, a show on uh, Peacock called We Are Lady Parts which is about an Islamic British all female band which I have not seen but um, this I love the name I love the name yeah uh, this movie has to be watched just for the tone that it's able to sustain for an hour and 43 minutes when SNL struggles to have that zany, zappy, incredulous, sustained tone even for three minutes. Yeah. Uh, the movie is funny. It is angry. It is surreal. It is absurd. It is hilarious. It pays homage to Indian cinema. Uh, it's about sisterhood and it's about convictions. It's about what your family expects from you versus what you want to be. It, it, it is a hundred things, but best of all, it's just hilarious. It's just a great, great time at the movies. And these days, it's a miracle that, a, you know, a movie with no-name actors even shows up at your theater. And if you want to support good, 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 good high-level cinema, you need to really stop listening and go watch Polite Society. Joe. <laughs> wow, yes, the, yeah. Um, you know what what I'll say is this movie is it's really committed to its tone and I think I said to Rashmi going into this this had better be like balls to the wall bananas or it's not going to work because we saw the trailer and if you've seen the trailer it kind of builds the movie as a Hong Kong action flick with young um Indian or Pakistani origin British girls and so you think okay that's a one joke movie right you know young girl wants to be a you know kung fu master um, it, 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 you've got to commit but it actually turns out not to be about that it's just got mm -hmm. this very um, it, it almost feels like the movie the story is playing out in her head and that what we're seeing really is this kind of metaphorical world uh, and, uh, so uh, it, it, it's just it's very clever the reason I'm I'm hesitating here you can probably hear mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to spit something out and I can't quite get out the fact that the movie failed to bubble for me mm. it, it never quite reached a boil and I wanted it to be better even as accomplished and as, as admiring as you know as I, I am of it um, you know, its influences are clearly everywhere. You know, Tarantino is clearly um, on on this director's um, you know uh, you know bedroom wall posters. Uh, but look, it it's it's very clever. It's very funny. It's bonkers, and it's that's what I wanted it to be. So bravo to them for for making this. I love this movie. Yasti, you are very eloquent and articulate in your in your introduction, so I, I won't say much more other than there are so many things I identified with in this movie. I was a young Indian Asian girl growing up in London who went to an all-girls school, much like the one that um, Rhea goes to. I love doing karate. I had a, a sister who I was very close to who decided to get married and I didn't want her to get married. So there were so many things in this movie that like could have been my story. So, um, and then it just took that concept and ratched it up and made it so fun and so entertaining and so ridiculously silly that it's I mean, it's completely bonkers, unbelievable, but it's so much fun. I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, and we, we can go one by one through all the things I, I loved. I think more than anything else, I mean, so of course this movie is like a froth ball of delight. And I, I know why you feel it never quite reached its full, like potential, it never yeah. full potential. I think it's because... And I thought about that as well because it ends a particular way and then there's a whole other part and it kind of seems like it diffused. But I actually think that's very deliberate because the movie was never about the hijinks. The movie was always about the two sisters. Yes. And yes. so it kind of wraps that around and it, it does so. It's a risky move and it you know may or may not work. It kind of worked eight out of 10 for me. So I, I understand that. What I liked about this movie is, and you're going to laugh when I say this, but it kind of reminded me of my best friend's wedding because yes. it's like 
if you are a person who really believes in something, how far are you going to go to protect your loved one? So if I believe, in this case, she believes that her sister is truly in danger or she, you know, that her sister is marrying the wrong guy. She goes to extreme lengths to sabotage her wedding, very similar to my best friend's wedding. But, but at some point it becomes like really harmful. It becomes dangerous what she's doing. It becomes, you know, she's trying to ruin her sister's life. And, and it asks this question for a brown person when you are holding up, I think, maybe I'm reading too much into it. If you're holding to your guns, you are often thought of as being, you know, too strident or too forthright. And there's a price to pay for sticking to your guns and she sticks to her guns and she's willing to kind of have her sister never speak with her but she's so convinced that her sister is marrying the wrong guy so i like that part of it i like that the main lead in the movie does not have a love interest the movie does not go that pathway she does not need a love interest she wants she's this quirky lead character who wants to be a stunt woman and she cares for her sister that's enough you don't need more for her so i liked all these little parts I've read a few reviews and some people are turned off by there's a, you know, last real reveal about one of the characters and they're like, well, that just becomes too stupid. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's, it's part of the tone of the movie. Of course, it's, you know, of course, it's silly. Um, and the acting in this movie, I would love to see the, the lead actress, uh, Priya Kansara and other stuff. She... Just her expressions. She yes. does a lot of nonverbal acting. And, and great action. Well, great action. I mean, yeah. having having done karate, yes, um, those are not <laughs> easy moves to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, the action itself, the fight scenes are amazing. There is one scene in the movie where she's dressed up at the wedding and she's doing a narration, like a playback singing of like a very classical Hindi movie, like a Bollywood scene. It's phenomenal, just the way she does it. It, and she's not like a beautiful actress, mm -hmm. but her spirit is beautiful. I love that they cast this person as the main the main character. Sorry, Joe, I stole stole your your words. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the performances here were remarkable in that, despite how preposterous the premise is at times, I always believed in them and their universe, mm -hmm. and. Like I said, I mean, at the beginning, I, I, I haven't quite decided if a lot of this is a fever dream of somebody who is seeing their loved one go off into a marriage with, you know, for the many of the wrong reasons, right? Um, but it, I, it, it felt, it felt so genuine, mm -hmm. um, and you know, yeah, the the kung fu martial arts uh, mystical um, aspect of it, um, you know. Oh, and a diabolical, you know, bad, per, you know, the diabolical bad guy in the movie, um, all f could have easily felt overdone. I believed in it all the way. Yeah. I never for one second thought, Ugh, roll my eyes. I was like, yeah, I'm rooting for them and I'm rooting for her, even when she's uh, doing, has those self-destructive behaviors. So yeah, I, I just thought it was, it was really fun and there's, a, there's an integrity to it all. That's yeah. Just like, and I like what Yazdi, what you said about, you know, it's not about the saving someone because you think it's bad for them. It's also that selfish aspect of how someone that you dearly love plays a role in your life. And when that person isn't there, what, it, what, what about me, right? Yeah. It's also about that kind of self-narcissism um, and it's about, you know, expectations and living in a community and um, conforming. It's about all those things that I think if you live in a community of any sort, these are issues that you face. And if you live in a family that is of a community, but you don't want to be part of that community, how that plays not only for you, but for your family as well. Yeah, and it's doing all these things, this very kind of cheeky commentary on class within yes. afflu aff reasonably affluent communities, no matter where, in India, in the UK, wherever you are. Um, I also like the fact that nobody's really a bad person. Well, there's... there's apart the, from the diabolical uh, bad uh, person. Uh, yes, well, they all have motives. The, they all have <laughs> motives, but even her parents, they're just, they're, you know, 
for all the crazy things that she does to try and save her sister, the parents never like, you know, they don't look down on her. They understand where she's coming yeah. from through the worst of it. I really liked her parents because they were believable. Yeah, they were they very were, believable. They were not goody-goody, but they were at the same time not this screeching parents from a typical Indian movie either. Um, I love the actress who plays her her diabol- diabolical nemesis, the her sister's to be husband's mom. Uh, <laughs> she... It's a difficult role. It's a very difficult role and she makes it all believable. There's this hilarious scene where she goes to her her sister's to-be husband's home and she gets pulled in. Uh, for a for a spa session, the leg waxing and was hilarious. Leg, leg, how many times? I mean, the the waxing stuff should never work. It was, you know, it was funny on the forty year old virgin like fifteen years ago, but it really works here. So, it's more than anything else. I I really want to commend the director for keeping this this goofy, silly. It's simultaneously highbrow and highbrow and lowbrow, right? It's it's being goofy and silly and over the top but at the same time it kind of has a seriousness to it as well and just it's just i just i just love that it kind of wafts along on that for so long through through the end of the film yeah are we ready to score this one yeah an eight out of ten a very very stingy eight, eight and a half which i maybe i should no it's an eight out of ten but i'd really really beseech people to go watch this movie because you know it's got no name actors but it's in the theater do you know how difficult it is and how expensive it is to bring a movie to the theater please don't let them lose money so that they stop making movies like this so support it please go watch polite society you'll have a great time at the movies joe um i'm gonna give this an eight as well again it's one of my high eights um are you being cheeky now and doing the eight and a half? No. No, you're doing high eights and low eights high and eight high an seven and is a what? High eight is an eight. It's an eight. It's okay. an 8.2. It's an eight. Um, it's 8.2. But here's, here's why I'm not pushing it higher um, is, you know, like I say, I, I, wanted, I wanted a little bit more zing and pop at the end. The story almost fizzled out for me. That's not to say it doesn't, it's not worth your while. It, it totally is. My only other comment here to anyone listening is I don't know that it's universally accessible. I think it fits very well with the British, London, Asian culture. There's a lot of very um, British jokes in here. Um, that again, you know, I, I think... And we I, did see one critic walk out. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah we did. Well, um, shame on them. Yeah. yeah. Initials JB. Um, <laughs> Oh really? So, well, that know, just goes. To, oh, that was a, an initial in shame, but I won't. I won't give any yes. names away. Um, but yeah, we saw we saw somebody walk out here, and I think. Look, I mean, I think if I think of of, of my most um, yeah, my dear friends here, who perhaps are not as exposed to to kind of European culture and humour, some people would find it difficult. Right, there are some moments that didn't work, but it's it's a great movie, really funny, very inventive. And as derivative as it is in places, it's also incredibly original in others. Yeah, I'm going to go with an eight as well. Nothing impolite about this one. I thought you would go for a nine. I was going to give it a nine, but I kind of agree with Joe Yazdi that... um, I think it'll translate. I think it will translate, but I, I, I think it's not as universal as a bandit like Beckham. It's a little bit... It's a little bit more concentrated. I think, look, if you're British, you'll get a little bit more out of it. If you are a British Asian, you will get even more out of it. If you're Asian, you will get something more out of it. Because there's a lot of in-jokes that I think I I was laughing way beyond when you were laughing, Joe. I noticed at certain points. Yeah, because some of them were just Because some of them are very language. That, yeah, you know, there was a lot not- of language, Yazdi, that, um, not being that of Indian, didn't Pakistani necessarily origin. translate. But... Um, and I think again, it's a it's a good eight. I'm going to probably anger a whole bunch of people by saying I think this act movie is actually a lot more fun than Bendit like Beckham. Beckham. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. It's yeah. definitely more fun. Right. It's certainly funnier. It's right. more quirky. Yeah. But I yeah. think in terms of a universal. But it's also colder. No. It is. It's a Bendit like Beckham is like a hug of a movie. So is this no, one? No, this is two. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I, Look, where we like all Beckham gave it the same give, score. Can get yeah, me yeah. down to tears, right? Yeah, Bend it like 
Bend It Like Beckham is what we watch when we're not like, feeling good. Yeah, Bend It Like Beckham is heartfelt. Right. This is a little bit more quirk we than heartfelt. Them too much. We yeah, we shouldn't compare them. The only reason we're comparing them is because yeah. they've got Indian people in there or Pakistani people. But no, Indian it's girls. It's Asian girls. Asian girls set in UK. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the commonality. Yeah. This is a rush out and see. Yeah, for sure. This is a rush out and see. I love this movie. I cannot wait to watch it again. I, this was one where I wanted to like circle right back and watch it, like press the start button again. I can't wait to, to watch this one again. I, you the know, costumes I'm, are excellent. All right. I'm a bit of a sad sack. I don't normally laugh in movies, but I was laughing in this one. Yeah. I was like yeah. barely laughing. There are some really funny scenes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Moving on. Movie number two of the week. Um, continues i guess with the the um the pakistani origin feel here uh this movie is joyland and am i introducing this okay i better do a better job so uh joyland is um as i understand it last year's entry by pakistan mm -hmm. to the academy awards I don't think it ended up ultimately with a nomination. So See, you didn't listen to, to Yasti yes. at the beginning. Yasti <laughs> said all of this. He said it was in the top 10. It was in the top 10. So I it was, was shortlisted. clearly paying attention to my <laughs> Netflix pick that I was trying <laughs> to. It was, it was in the top 10. Thank you, Yasti. Yes. So thank you for the rescue there. Director Saeem Sadiq um, is, uh, uh, put this movie together. And it stars, I guess, for most of us here in uh, the USA who uh, may be less familiar with um, Pakistan's cinema, uh, Ali Junejo, Junejo, Rasti Farooq, Alina Khan, Sarawat Gilani, Salman Pirzada, Sania Saeed, all of which I'm sure I've, I've done a incredible disservice to. Um, the praise here is uh, the Ranas, a happily patriotic a happily patriarchal joint family yearn for the birth of a baby boy to continue the family line. Their youngest son secretly joins an erotic dance theatre and falls for an ambitious trans starlet. Their impossible love story slowly illuminates the entire Rana family's desire for sexual rebellion. Tell us about Joyland. But before we do that, there is a person singing opera outside <laughs> on the street where Yazdi lives, which is amazing. <laughs> Can you? You probably can't even hear it because you've got headphones on. Correct. There is literally a man singing. It's yes. Amazing. Yeah, he was. He, I, I've heard him once before. He just. Sings. Do you think he lives in this building? No, 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 no. I think he was uh, singing on the street. He it's, was very happy. Yeah, yes. it's great. I do that anyway. in the shower, but anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so we went at the recommendation of Yazdi, who told us about this movie probably like six months ago and finally it came out and the reason we are covering it today is we didn't do a screening of this we went to see this as civilians it is playing in a small theater the number of theaters it's doing so well that the number of theaters has suddenly been expanded this last weekend and i would is recommend so? okay. yeah I would so it's not just playing in big cities anymore. They're expanding the theaters for this movie. This is a rush out and see movie. This movie has affected me so much. It is absolutely breathtaking. It it has so much to say about marriage, patriarchy, family expectations, gender, sexuality, um I mean, I could just go on and on and on. And it never overcooks. It, it is all in a pressure cooker. And yet it never, ever, it just stays shy of getting too pulpy. It's, it's so good. It's so good. I love this movie so much. I want to champion this movie. Yasti. Yeah, I want to champion this movie as well. Um, as much as Polite Society is a froth of a movie this one is just a ball of heavy fire it's i think this movie is the equivalent of throwing a molotov cocktail uh into you know indian pakistani society and kind of you know it's a very very brave movie i, I didn't even realize um some of the things being depicted in the movie that you know i've never been to pakistan so i don't know but i just i just you know we often talk about the great films, and I do believe this is a great film with a capital G, the great films have this perfect trifecta of 
great script writing, great directing, and great acting. And we have a fearless writer-director here, uh, you know, who's made shots before. We have remarkably committed actors yes. who really go all the way. And we have a script which is so clever. It pulls a slate of hand in the last act, which I did not see coming at all. Just completely devastated me. Um, and it's it's kind of lacking judgment. It's just showing people the way they are and it's leaving you to judge each of them. And also, I love the fact that this movie, there's no bad guys in this movie. There are people who do bad things. There are people who do plenty of bad things, but everybody is frustratingly human. They are all complex and they are driven by what they were told is right versus wrong. Um, and at the end of the day, you walk away from this movie, I think it's two hours, yeah, two hours and six minutes long. And I kid you not, I've been thinking about every single character in that movie mm -hmm. and their arc and where they were coming from and where they were going. And it's only with distance after having watched the movie that you meditate on each of those characters and you realize the bigger arc. So I think how it's been put together is just so marvelous it's just very very clever so i can't wait to see what this writer director does does next but boy is this a great film or what and just before you go joe i just looked up each of the actors who are phenomenal in this movie for most of them it's their first or just second movie mm. wow yeah. yeah you know this movie um you have to rush out and see it simply because it's the kind of movie that very rarely kind of surfaces in kind of, you know, mm -hmm. in a big release. And it reminded me most of some of my favorite moments when we've gone to film festivals, such as, you know, and one of our favorite film festivals here in Southern California is the Indian Film Festival of Los Angeles, mm -hmm. because it brings this kind of South Asian cinema to, to light in a way that, uh, and it showcases it in a way that is, is you know, we, we we all know the stereotype of of, of you know Bollywood. Bollywood as as being representative of South Asian cinema, and the, 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 this movie is is couldn't be more uh, uh, couldn't come from a different planet to, to couldn't come from more of a different planet than than you know Bollywood um, than it than it does. Yeah, it's it's very powerfully emotional film, and I, I love the way. Um, I, was, I was actually while you were talking there, trying to look up uh, a short movie that we picked up last year during uh, the Indian Film Festival of LA called Sandstorm. Yes, um, and it's bravery in terms of you know it being a movie from Pakistan, which we you know stereotypically think of as uh, an an Islamic state where there is a lot of a uh, lot less cultural freedom and and and. So this movie shows us a, a Pakistan that we don't really think of, and you know, like you yesterday, we've never been. Uh, we we don't know what it's truly like there. But every time I see something like this, it kind of opens my eyes to, um, you know, the, the, the diversity. I mean, you know, it's over two hundred million people in Pakistan, which is mind blowing when you when you think about it. Um, but yeah, it tackles everything, and it has such bravery. I can't imagine that this movie could even be shown there, let alone have been you know made there. Um, based on what we hear of, 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 of the culture. Um, it was banned in Pakistan. Okay. And then finally a heavily censored version was released. So it remains banned in its, in its original content in Pakistan. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Because I, I, again, I think, you know, the, the, the movie pushes buttons within Western society, never mind, a, you know, a conservative Islamic society. Um, but yeah, everything about this movie, it, it, it just gets everything right. And it, 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 it's the kind of movie where you feel enlightened about a number of different topics coming away from it, but it, it handles, you know, the, the, the trans, it handles homosexuality, it handles the patriarchy, like you said, Rashmi within the family. Um, you know, it doesn't get particularly heavy handed with religion, but it does in the sense of the cultural aspects of, 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 of uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's remarkable. It's, 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 yeah, I had a criticism. I think I mentioned to Rashmi when I when we came out of the movie, um, which is, you know, I, I did feel that the lead character um, was was too much uh, of a suffer. Yeah, he he just it it I, I didn't quite uh, understand how he 
um, was who he was. Like he had almost no backbone um, and he suffered so much through for, through everyone. But at the same time, uh, again, the, the movie's handling of it, the way it, it releases its information to you, particularly there's a, a, a sequence towards the end of the movie where suddenly those things kind of click into place. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a remarkable thing. I yep. think those are your words exactly when you texted us. You said it, I think you called it a remarkable thing. I said, quite a I thing. said it, you it's, said it's, it's quite, quite something. something. Quite something, yeah. okay. I like that there is, it, there's people aren't screaming. Pe- people in Indian movies typically scream a lot and there's all this nonsensical melodrama. There's no melodrama here. Maybe maybe a couple times somebody screams. And but it's appropriate when but it it's happens. Exactly, it's appropriate when it happens. <laughs> I, I think... What's really amazing about this film is, to me, it it represents how, when you're caught in a very and it, it could this movie is is very angry about a very patriarchal culture set in Pakistan, but it could be set in any patriarchal culture anywhere Correct. anywhere in the world. I was just going to say that anywhere anywhere in the world. But what but the point it's making? Two points I think was amazing. One is that. It's saying people make a choice, right? Because because you're stuck in a very, very rigid, structured society and you don't have many choices. You make a choice. But it's not just you. It's, it's people around you who often, almost without your knowledge, land up paying the price for, for what you're doing, which is so, it's so difficult to convey this without actually coming out and saying it. You have to watch, again, the movie from a distance after you've, after you've finished watching it. Um, and then the the other thing which I really liked about the movie is that it's it's saying that there aren't people. It's not that there that everybody's just bowed, right? And everybody's just giving in to the to the patriarchy. There are people who speak up in this movie. So you know the trans character who's in the movie, she speaks up all the time. Uh, there's one other character in the movie, the neighbor, the neighbor's elder. She speaks up, but because nobody else has the courage they get sucked right back down and it kind of speaks to the hopelessness even of speaking up or protesting or trying to go against that system and therefore it just fills you with despair that it's it's like a giant you know a hole which is sucking people in um it's also i should say visually i mean it's not it's it's you know it's a very simple movie but it's visually uh quite arresting it's there's this one amazing scene of the lead character on a motorbike yes, or a bicycle yes. and he's carrying this giant billboard cutout uh, and he's just just driving through this through the seat uh, on the highway and it's so striking there's a lot of you know bright colors in the movie there were parts of the movie which made me very 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 uncomfortable and i was like i don't want to watch this this is very uncomfortable but that's more about me than about the movie. And I think movies should make you uncomfortable. They should make you question everything. And the fact that anybody has made a movie at all about a guy falling in love with a trans girl in Pakistan is, you know, amazing. Yeah, it's you know, incredible. It's incredible. So, um, again, you know, I don't even know if this movie is playing in the city you are in. If you're in San Diego, it's playing in two two of the smallest cinemas. But it's... It's such a bona fide, great film. People need to, you know, I don't care. Come back from work. If you're tired, go see it. You won't regret it. Let's sum this one up then. Um, Yasti, why don't you go first? Yeah, it's a nine out of 10 for me. It's one of those movies which is going to stick with me for a long time. I was kind of, while I was watching it, I was like, what's the big deal about this movie? So this movie was shortlisted for the Oscars last year, but uh, a Searchlight, I think, which released it. Fox Searchlight, I don't know who are. Uh, oh no, Oscilloscope. Yes, Oscilloscope. Yes, Oscilloscope. They would not release the movie, and everybody was eager to watch it. And, and then while I was watching it, I was like, "Why is this movie a big deal?" And it it has cumulative power because it you know you got to listen to the script, and you know little pieces kind of reconnect towards the end of the movie. So yeah. it ha- it has a lot of power. Cannot wait to see what this person does next. It's probably going to be on my list of the best movies of the year. It certainly is the best, if not in the top two movies I've seen so far in 2022. Uh, Very easy nine out of 10. Joe? Uh, Yeah, this movie is exceptional for all the reasons we've discussed. I think um, it's it's going to stay with me um, forever. A couple of the points that it made have enlightened me and educated me. And I, I now 
I think about things differently because of how this movie kind of opened my eyes up to certain things. So um, again, I'm being very vague there just because mm-hmm. I'm kind of stubborn about spoilers and I don't want to spoil anything if you choose to see this movie, which you should do. Um, hopefully you will have a similar experience. It's a 10 for me. Mm. Absolutely amazing. Whoa. I can't stop thinking about it. It's been almost a week since we watched it and every day it makes me think of something else. I just, and, the, and the lead actor is just phenomenal. Just all the actors, every single one of those characters, whether they're on screen for five minutes or 15 or, you know, the whole movie, each one of them is so well formed. I feel like we dipped into someone's world. I think this film should have been nominated for Best Original Screenplay I as well. I do too. I mean, the screenplay is so good. Um, actually, the subtitles often, somebody will say two sentences and the subtitle only is for one of them because they don't want to, I guess, crowd this, you know, cloud, crowd the screen or whatever. But the, the script as it plays out is just very clever, very... Very good. Yeah, and it, it kind of respects the audience and asks them to kind of think through this and figure things out but well, not to a great extent yeah i actually and i'm, I'm I, I do this from time to time but you know the audience score on the tomatometer mm. are, are quite different the audience is 55 percent, and i think the point you just made there yes i think it actually asks a lot of mm-hmm. the audience because um this movie forces you to be kind of reflective and it's it's like some of the great movies where a lot of it isn't played out as melodrama on screen. I mean, th- there are moments of drama, but it's this it's this lingering, haunting sense of tragedy that I kind of mm-hmm. have when I think about this movie. And I don't know when the audience scored these things, but honestly, I think uh, this movie has gone up in estimation since I've seen it because I walked out thinking, oh, I've got some opinions about some of that stuff, but now I've gotten to, it's gotten to steep a little. Um, those, those, um, those moments are coming through and coming back to me. And I, I, think, I think in a way people might be misled if they just read the one or two line summary. I, I recommended somebody to watch this movie. They're Pakistani. They are... Uh, Punjabis and they're like oh my god that movie was too intense I don't I don't care for it so it's almost too in your face it's too truthful and I think people people go to a movie oh it's about a Punjabi family you know and it'll be fun and it'll be a comedy and you know everybody will be it's called Joyland it's called Joyland and it's (laughs) it's a very angry movie It's it's a very sad movie it's a very you know, it's introspective movie. It's, it's challenging. It's challenging. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's a call to arms in a way. You yeah. know, it's, it's asking that this cannot go on. We should change things. So obviously, it's going to upset people. And so I can understand how somebody who thinks they're going for a fun Indian Pakistani movie is going to come out saying, "What the heck? I didn't sign up for this." Yeah, it's interesting. Yesterday, I was telling Joe what was interesting to me is given it's a Pakistani movie, a lot of it's in Punjabi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just culture. So it's more cultural than religious, right? And yes. this is where you kind of start to get a sense of how the, the landmass was one landmass pre-partition. Yeah. India and Pakistan. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. And Mas- now onto something completely yes. different. <laughs> we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the two and a half hour long sci-fi epic from Marvel. Who's yes. telling us about this? Yazdi. That would be shoot. me. Yalu. Yalu, yes. My mom used to call me Yalu. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, uh, not nine years ago, James Gunn uh, brought forth Guardians of the Galaxy within the Marvel Universe. I'm not the world's biggest Marvel expert, but I understand that in the comic books, the Guardians of the Galaxy are relatively minor characters. And so... You know, somebody made a movie, you know, Chris Pratt, I think, was the only big name actor in it. But, you know, it was so unusual at that time to have a movie that was kind of funny and cheeky and irreverent and goofy and violent. And it did really well. And then there was a second movie which came out in 2017. And now in 2023 is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And um, I think at least if, if 
maybe maybe they're going to continue but this is supposed to wrap up this particular trilogy so it has the it has the feel of you know trying up to wrap up the story and i um I'm going to I'm I'm going to read the uh, the synopsis which is that still reeling from the loss of Gamora Peter Quill or Star-Lord rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians if not successful it's written and directed by James Gunn who has been you know uh, at the helm of these Guardians of the Galaxy movie and uh who was fired and rehired fired and rehired exactly uh, and it, it has all the usual uh, Guardians of the Galaxy folks. So, Palm Clementia, who plays Mantis, Dave Batista, who plays Drax, Karen Gillian, who plays Nebula, Vin Diesel, who voices I Am Groot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then uh, we have, of course, uh, uh, Chris Pratt playing uh, Star Lord. And then um, the bad guy, Chuck Woody Iwuji, who plays the high evolutionary in the movie. Uh, and then, of course, Rocket is voiced by none other than Bradley Cooper. So, this is the latest. It's meant to close out this trilogy. Uh, even before I, we went, we saw it last night. Even before we went to see it, it was getting really good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was kind of interested. Uh, like, really, this one? So, what do you guys think? So I think this is actually a highly philosophical movie wrapped up mm-hmm. in comedic Marvel wrapping paper. Um, it's actually a really good origin story and there's a lot mm-hmm. to ponder around the universe and God and the meaning of life and friendship. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's really entertaining it's got really good comedy in it. My expectations were not high. Um, I think they did a really good job. <coughs> uh, you know, I didn't want to see this. I'll be honest. Um, while Guardians Volume 1 was fun because of its change in tone. And look, I've got to hand it to Marvel here, right? They've got this huge franchise, yeah. this, this rich source of characters and comic books, and they've made a diverse range of movies, right? From the very heavy Avengers type stuff uh, to the frothier kind of um, uh, Ant- Ant-Man. Yeah. And, and that we've had, you know... Uh, Shang-Chi and the magic. Yeah, they've really... But they're all very different flavors of movie, and they're quite brave in terms of genre uh, mashing. Um, you know, we've, we've had... Um, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that... And so... But Guardians just felt like too much of a lark in, in, the, in the first one. The second one... I don't even remember. I blocked it out of my mind. I, I, I drew nothing from it. So my expectations were low. Which leaves me kind of mind boggled in terms of how I feel about this movie because um, it is surprisingly full of heart and emotion. And my over, you, you, when you say philosoph- philosophical rush, yeah, this movie has left me with a feeling. It feels like a never-ending string of pop videos strung together, but the music is so well selected, so well judged, um, that those sequences are... A, a, the, the, they're, they're seared on my brain. I mean, yeah, granted, we only saw it yesterday, but there are moments that I don't think I'll ever forget visually. There's one, you know, where they do a spacewalk, um, and I forget the name of that rock tune, but it, it's so beautifully done. It was like it, choreography. It was, the whole thing. I, I, wrote, I wrote down, you know, um, the most memorable parts of the narrative being these choreographed sequences to classic rock tunes, and it all actually worked. I felt warm and fuzzy and, and giddily um, happy with this movie, which is... I don't understand it yet. Yasdi. So I'm going to get the bad stuff out of the way. I think it's I think it's too long. Yeah. And that's about its only uh, fault. Um, I think... So James... I mean, if he had handed this over to someone else and they had made this movie, we would, we would have given that person a lot of credit. But it's James Gunn who was very, very smart and this time around to realize that the heart of the Guardians of the Galaxy is... Rocket and this whole movie is about Rocket and I think I'm a dog owner and you know the the CGI on Rocket is done so well at every point 
Rocket's face looks like my dog's face. The, or like the, our cats, we right. have the same conversation. The, yeah. the movement of the eyes, the way the fur moves, the way the nose moves, all of this. And it's a pretty dark story about what Rocket had to go through. It is. You know, and, and I think to give credit where it's due, the entire movie consists of cross-cutting between what's happening in real time versus what happened to Rocket when, when Rocket was little. And I think, you know, that's extremely clever to, to make that the focus of the whole movie because it completely grounds it and it makes mm -hmm. the whole adventure something worth, worth rooting for. So... Uh, really, to give credit where it's due, it's uh, it's pretty pretty cool. And I think any if anybody has animals that they're attached to or pets that they're attached to, this movie is going to have exceptionally greater resonance, which it did for me and and you guys too as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, again, it begs the question of animal testing and the lengths that you should or shouldn't go to forward society and again friendship and what you perceive versus what actually happens and feelings and my god it's so deep I can't stop thinking about how deep it is which sounds so ridiculously silly to say no I mean I think that's, that's and exactly. beautifully voiced obviously but that, that's the overriding feeling I have is I, I found it to be a very emotional ride and yeah yes he nailed it with the pet thing because um, you know the if you've had cared for an animal and you've gotten to love that animal and know that animal and you know their behaviours when they're scared and you know their mm -hmm. behaviours when, when they're happy and you know their behaviours um you know, in, in all sorts of different circumstances. This movie very deftly pulls on those, like, levers, right? Like, it manipulates me, the crap out of my, like, um, my my pity my pity gene for, for when our for when our pet cat feels scared, right? You know, I want it, to it, it rush, rush in and protect. Uh, and and this, this movie really, like, yanks on that lever. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just, I just... I can't. I can't quite process why I'm feeling so emotional about it because th there are moments of beauty here. That again, it's all choreographed and kind of crazy violence. But even something that shouldn't work at the end, which is a big U-turn by one of the main antagonists at the beginning of the movie, mm -hmm. um, totally worked for me. And I don't. You know, it, it's 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 a movie that would be completely. It's a moment that would be chintzy elsewhere because it's literally like, you know, we forgive you. and But I forgave him too. And it's... Uh, yeah, and the music works. The soundtrack is phenomenal. And to hear it loud in a theatre, again, I would say if you're interested in watching this, watch it on the biggest screen. You can watch it on with really good sound. The soundtrack is awesome. I love the evolution of Groot. And I don't know if we can, if that's real enough to say but the what the effects the effects the special effects are so creative the action is so creative here it's unusual it's things we haven't seen before um it's just the whole concept is very imaginative and it feels fresh now we've seen a lot of space movies now funny and serious and this really, like the fact that they go into a, into a spaceship that's an organism and how that organism works, it's fantastically imaginative and creative. And I was really happy to see that. Yeah, and even when it doesn't work, there were parts of that organic ship which, I was, sure, which had me sure. rolling my eyes. But even while I was rolling my eyes, I was like, good for them for trying, right? Good for them to even make that. And I think, I think... Again, I don't want to make it seem like they were just fortunate, but I think they've reached the point where CGI has caught up, where it can kind of pretty much imagine whatever you want to. It, it can render whatever you can imagine. And I think but I think particularly the CGI around, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep coming back to the same thing, animal faces. So it's so perfect. And it's not just Rocket, but Rocket and his friends, right? He has three friends. And the CGI around that is so wonderfully rendered and you know we've seen too many movies too many marvel movies which is just about the cgi it's just things blowing up 
you know, funny lands, you know, mushrooms blooming, whatever, all this stuff. Here the CGI is at the service of the script and not the other way around. The movie doesn't exist to showcase the CGI. The CGI is there to kind of, you know, best render the script. And I think that, that that's a big difference here. I think there's a two-hour version of this movie which would be like the best Marvel movie ever made. Yeah. Uh, again, towards the end, I, it wore out its welcome. Like there's this, uh, it's made to look like it's a non-stop 10-minute action scene where they're fighting in this corridor. And it's like, imagine any kind of creature you can and they all keep coming and they're fighting and fighting and it's like, oh my God, some poor people have like worked for months trying to come up with crazy animals, but I'm like, I'm just exhausted. Just end the scene here. Yeah. So it wore out its welcome a little bit, but it, that's okay. I mean, I think he's earned the right if he's closing out the trilogy to kind of indulge himself. Or I is he? I don't I know. I think and he is. There was all this stuff about little children which need to be saved at the end and I was like okay fine whatever so I, 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 I didn't buy 100% of it but the parts which work early boy do they really work yeah yeah. And it feels authentic to the characters. Like what ends up happening to each one of those characters at the end felt really authentic. It could have gone another way mm -hmm. and I was hoping it wouldn't and I'm glad it didn't. And we can talk about that offline. Um, yeah. I mean, I can sum this one up if, if you guys are ready. The only other thing I want to say is that um, almost every superhero movie is only as good as its bad guy. And this one has a great bad guy. Yeah. I have not seen this actor before. He's a British actor. Uh, Chuck Woody Iwuji, uh, he plays the, what does he play? At the Higher Evolutionary. Um, he has his own arc. He, you, you believe him. And I, he almost seemed to me like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a lot of hate mail, but he seems like Elon Musk gone crazy. You know? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He yeah. seems like, you know. No, I think that's exactly who he is. And I think, yeah. I think, I, I, I think that somewhere in his, you know, despicable dastardliness is, <laughs> Is, is a want for something right. beautiful. Right, it's, it's a want, yeah, it's a misguided yes, want, but yes. it's, it's a want for uh, misguided perfection. Good, yeah. Yeah. A more perfect, perfect. Yeah, and, and I think that actor is so good, he's so convincing. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Rashmi. Oh, the, uh, yes. I was gonna, I mean, up, uh, yeah. easily, easily an eight out of 10, they can guard my galaxy anytime. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to give this a stingy. This is a low eight. Oh my God, but, Joe. But no, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, there's a level of artistry at work here that is above and beyond what I've come to expect from a comic book genre movie, right? It it has that same level of attention to detail and care that something like Into the Spider-Verse has, right? Yes. Like, to Yazdi's point, the, the, the CG is... It's, it's elevated above something mechanical to something beautiful and and you know props to the millions of cg artists here but 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 they've they've managed to like you know again like you were saying Essie, they've they've transcended they've pa pushed mm -hmm. us past the uncanny valley i'm i'm very very you know canny <laughs> i believe everything uh, that i see I, there's no distinction between you know what could be a set model a costume or something synthesized in the in a computer so again there's a, there's an artistry to this movie there's a cadence to it all carried by this soundtrack that that's just it's it's stuck with me really fascinating i, I wonder how long i'll feel this way there's also a dog which is voiced like a Russian woman. It's so funny. And it's Mar Maria Baklova from, it's so from funny. the from the Borat movie. Uh, yeah, she's she's voiced it. The vo yeah, the voice acting is very good. I'm always amazed because when I hear Rocket in these Guardians of the Galaxy movie, it never sounds to me like Bradley Cooper. It's Bradley Cooper in a different voice. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's quite remarkable. Did you score? Uh, eight out of ten. Easy eight out wow. of ten. I okay. I I, I would give honestly. If there was a two-hour version where they chopped off like some, this, you know, some of the Michael Bay action, some Michael yeah, Bay action yeah, towards yeah, the I end, agree. I, I would give it a nine. I would give it nine yeah, too. Yeah, I it's, agree. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Amazing. Also, too many endings, but that's Marvel for you. <laughs> There's like three or four endings. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's terrific. <laughs> All right, um, and there are a million cameos, by the way, a million cameos. Stay for the end credits. You'll see names that you wouldn't believe mm -hmm. um, and they're not even here on IMDB but I mean, we should say Sylvester Stallone is here you know for there a, is just a little part baby yeah, part every, yeah. everyone got to say a line or two of dialogue <laughs> in this movie alright um, 
here endeth the podcast yes um thank you uh an hour we made it to, we made it to just under an hour if i shut up quickly so thank you for hanging out with us um hopefully uh, we'll get another podcast out to you in the not too distant future until our next one too many movies too little time a good night from me and me and me as well <laughs>